Hey, the coaching staff is complete. Let's rank the hires. Let's talk a little bit 2025 recruiting. Let's go ahead and get the ball rolling on it. And then let's look, let's talk about this basketball team and the outlook we have for the rest of the season. This book bounce back week. Uh, you're listening to the Top Button Podcast, episode 15. And I'm Charlie Five, your host. Let's button up and have some fun. But before we do that, we want to give a shout out to our boy Ford Stokes. I'm already seeing folks uh, hit me in the comments saying, hey, I ordered the book. I went to annuity360.net, requested the free book on annuity. Ford signed it, sent it to me. I'm hearing that you guys are already reaching out and and uh, requesting your uh, your custom uh, your custom investment plan uh, through uh, activewealth.com with Ford Stokes. The guy's got it going on. Uh, and there's no reason for you to work so hard to save your money and then you manage it as well. Let Ford protect it. Let Ford help you grow it and get you where you need to be. Uh, check him out, Active Wealth uh, Management, activewealth.com. So, guys, the staff is complete. Um, the, sta the, the staff is complete from top to bottom. We filled all our spots. I feel like um, as long as I've been watching Auburn football, maybe all the way back into maybe some of the Tuberville staffs. This is probably one of the most well-rounded, top to bottom, from recruiting perspective, from a coaching perspective staff that honestly that I can really remember. And that's not just – that's just not super bug. That's just reality. You look at the recruiting that these guys are able to do, uh, their histories recruiting, and then – all the players that they've developed uh, so far and are able to put uh, play, get them playing at a high level or at the next level, um, it's it's incredibly, incredibly uh, impressive. One one staff change that you possibly could see: Jeremy Garrett, our, our rock star, young hotshot defensive line uh, coach, is he's he's been talked about interviewing at some uh, NFL defensive line coaching jobs. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars is the most recent. Um, obviously be great for him and his career if, if he were to get one of those. There's only 32 of them. So they don't give them out to just any bum, uh, any any regular guy. So um, it'd be a shame. It'd be a, a hate to lose him. I don't think we will. He is a rising star. And um, you just look at his recruiting class that we're going to talk about so far for 2025 and then the one for 2024 that, that, that just signed um, – Guys, he's a monster. He's a monster on the trail. So that could be, you know, the only other staff shakeup. But for the most part, we're all set. So let's rank uh, the new hires. We got four new hires. You you had Cadillac go out, Zach, both coordinate Zach Etheridge and both coordinators. You've replaced them all, and I want to rank them the the Charlie Five rankings uh, of of the new hires. So to start off, um, believe it or not, my number one most important biggest hire uh, of the offseason was Derek Nix uh, at offensive coordinator look there's no secret that Hugh is going to be the cat I keep saying the captain there's no there, there's no secret that Hugh's going to be the play caller this year there's no secret that he was incredibly uh, disappointed the first time in his career that he he kind of gave up the reins the first time in his career that he was not the one driving the boat, that he was not the one calling the shots. Uh, it ended in, I think, what many people would call, you know, and, and by his standards too, uh, a, a failure. I think the offense was a failure. I think it was a mess. Some of that was the discombobulation, I guess, of the back and forth, uh, you know, 
Hugh Freeze maybe calling plays some games. Uh, Philip Montgomery struggling to get the whole terminology and the and and, and learning how to do things the way for, uh, Freeze wants it. Uh, it was just a mess. So Hugh said, "I'm it moving forward. I'll never." I've heard people say that he said he's never going to not call plays for the rest of his career. Like this, that's at Auburn. He is going to be the primary play caller from henceforth. Okay. In doing so, in doing that, he removes himself uh, as a probably your primary uh, top recruiting ace. Uh, he takes himself off the road uh, to an extent of being your number one gun on on the trail. He was the guy leading almost all the big-time recruitments that we had last year. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to recruit at all. That doesn't mean he's not going to recruit at all, but he had to have somebody that he felt could could put the message out there that could sell the product uh, the what of what his vision is better than his number one guy, Derek Nix, the guy he wanted to have last season. Uh, and they had the issues – and you you went in, you you did your due diligence, you you, you crossed your eye, uh, di, uh, you you dotted your eyes, you crossed your T's. Almost, I always say that backwards. Uh, you crossed your T's, you dotted your eyes, you got it done this time, and now you have a guy that knows how you want to run your offense, and you know a guy, you got a guy that you can trust to pick up the slack uh, on the recruiting trail whenever you're not able to give it that 24-7 and still be able to do it at an incredibly high level. Monumental importance Derek Nix will add to this offense, to this recruiting operation. Uh, look, I love Cadillac, okay? I love Cadillac, but even back whenever uh, he was retained with Harson, if you go back and you listen to those some of those shows uh, with that I had with uh, Zach on Locked on Auburn, the biggest thing was I want my guy that's my running backs coach has to be able to wear a ton of hats uh, in the recruiting department, okay? It can't be just I got my room and I'm out because rarely do you bring in more than one running back per year. The running backs coach needs to be the bell cow recruiter of the staff, okay? It just has to be. has to be able to recruit everybody. And if you go look at Derek Nix's profile – uh, his recruiting profile and his all-time recruit list. It's offensive linemen. It's linebackers. It's wide receivers. It's running backs. It's quarterbacks. It's a little bit of everything. And he did it at a school that's traditional. He did it at an extremely high level at a school that does not typically recruit high school at a high level. So, again, for Hugh to be able to take this thing back over, he had to have a dog. He had to have uh, a, a boss on the trail uh, that knows him to be able to make this work. And he went out and he got his guy, Derek Nix. Derek Nix, offensive coordinator, easily, to me, the most important hire uh, of this offseason. So I'm excited to see those two work together. You've seen him already on Twitter. Like, he's all over the place, man. He's all over the place. Uh, he's already got his uh, this running back from Mississippi, Akeelan Deer. Um, he's been at his high school like twice already. Uh, dude is just all over the place. Uh, even with Fre Freeze has been all over the place too, but Derek Nix is popping up everywhere. Uh, every every picture you see, it seems like Derek Nix is in the mix. And uh, – 
that's just that's crucial. That's crucial moving forward. That's something that we have to have. Uh, Derek Nix again, my top you know most important coach that's added this offseason. My number uh, number two of the four, DJ Durkin, hands down. Uh, look, you got probably when you when you're talking about best available, um, best available defensive coordinators, you got him. You got him. I, I said that Chris Kiffin was my number one because he was Hughes number one. One A, I guess, uh, because, uh, you know, for two years he wanted to get, you know, Chris Kiffin was his guy. Uh, he wanted to go for him twice. He went for him twice. You know, last year the timing didn't work out. Uh, and this year it's looking like Chris Kiffin's probably going to get the Dolphin, the Dolphins uh, defensive coordinator gig. And, look, hey, I can't blame him. Look, you work six months a year. Uh, you work six months out of the year. You go home at three o'clock, and you don't have to worry about the portal. You don't have to worry about recruiting. You don't have to worry about NIL. You don't have to worry about recruiting back your own roster. You just show up. You coach. You scheme. You go home. May and, and honestly, it, it, it may not pay quite as much, but still, the the quality of life is huge. There's only 32 uh, of those jobs in the in the country, uh, and so look, if you get one of those, more power to you. Um, I get it. If your aspirations are to be an NFL coach or, heck, even a college head coach, being a coordinator uh, in the NFL is uh, a successful one, makes you a very appealing uh, college head coach. So uh, a, a candidate for a college head coach. So what does Freeze do? He goes to his 1B and he gets DJ Durkin, who personally I wanted when those when those two names surfaced. I wanted Hugh to get his guy just because I think that means a lot for Hugh to just to get the guy he wants. But if I could have picked, DJ Durkin was the guy uh, that I would have picked. And I said that even before he was hired a couple of shows ago. Um, look, you're talking – the only stat that matters uh, as a defensive coordinator is scoring defense, okay? I don't care how many yards you give up passing. I do not care where you rank in rush defense. I totally understand that sometimes those are one in the same and, and they depend on each other a little bit, scoring defense and then those. But if you're throwing for 500 yards a game on us, but you're only scoring 17 points, I'm happy. I'm happy. Keep them out of the end zone. And his defenses do that. In every single conference he's been in, he's always been at the top – four to five uh, in scoring defense in the conference that he plays in. And at, at Texas A&M, he had like a top 30 uh, scoring defense in the country both years, okay? If, if, if Hugh can get the offense rolling and then we can limit points, if we can limit the opposing teams to scoring under 20 points a game, we're going to win a lot of football games. We're going to win a lot of football games. And I think DJ Durkin was the best guy, hands down, available to be able to achieve that, to be able to achieve that. Now, a lot of people that want to have a narrative, they'll point at Ole Miss in 2020, in 2021, uh, COVID year, when uh, Lane, I think, first took over, uh, limited, I guess, access with the team, his first year there, terrible roster they had a very bad scoring defense it happens okay taking over it takes time to build the very next year they go from dead last in the conference in scoring defense i've said this a hundred times to eighth or ninth almost almost uh almost you know 
almost at 50, you know, almost right there halfway uh, at almost in the top half of the conference, um, just a little bit outside. Huge improvement, huge improvement in, in, in one year. And then he said, I cannot stand working for Lane Kiffin. I got to get out of here. There's nobody out there. If, if you're in this hole, if you're in this hole, like this new fake rivalry that we have with Ole Miss, where we're pretending that Ole Miss is not having like the most historic run of their career and or historic run of maybe ever. Uh, and we're pretending that they're actually a real thing for longer than Lane Kiffin's actually going to be there. Um, or there'll be that past uh, time when Lane Lane's there. Um, if we're, if we're getting all into that and we, and we don't like Lane Kiffin right now and, there is no one out there that dislikes Lane Kiffin uh, probably more than DJ Durkin and vice versa. So you have a guy that's going to be hell-bent on trying to shut him down uh, when he gets here. So that's got to make you happy uh, in and of itself. Um, you have a guy that if uh, Nick Saban doesn't retire, he's the defensive coordinator at Alabama right now. Just, just huge, huge addition from a play-calling standpoint – Always has a stingy defense, does not give up a ton of points, uh, very active, uh, get after it, attacking style of defense, which we kind of we really liked outside of the fourth and 31 uh, against Alabama. I felt like we kind of had that with Ron Roberts. So you're sort of replacing um, Ron Roberts with hopefully, you know, a younger, more, in, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more innovative um Ron Roberts, that's incredibly respected across the SEC. And not only that, uh, he's got name recognition. He's a great recruiter. He's had, he was recruiter of the year as a, when he was a linebacker coach in 2012 uh, at Florida. Now, I understand that was 11 years, 12 years ago, but also that's the last time that he was not in a recruiter role. He's moved, when you move, uh, you, you go from a position coach to a coordinator. Obviously, your recruiting workload uh, drops significantly. So, DJ Durkin, we are going to like this guy. We're going to like this guy a lot. He's going to be energetic. He's going to be fiery. He's going to get after it. Uh, and I think we're going to enjoy uh, the, the the brand of defense that he plays. I think it's going to be a little bit more in your face, a little bit more Kevin Steele like, a little bit more bump bump and run uh, man coverage on the outside, and then just nasty defensive line get after you with 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 um you know freaky athletic linebackers that are coming in so uh as well so it's 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 going to be fun to watch i think we're we're i like i said last show i liked where we are on the just the front end of like the the starting defensive line we got to bring in some depth i, I think that's going to be one of the big goals of the spring portal is to try to you know Will Redmond is going to earn his stripes at GM, you know, locating, pinpointing some possible prospects, uh, defensive line prospects in the portal to get there in there for DJ to, to rotate around and, and cause havoc. So DJ Durkin, I could not be more excited uh, about a defensive uh, coordinator candidate than I am for DJ Durkin. So hire number three out of the four, uh, Charles Kelly. Uh, it's easy, easy to me. Charles Kelly, um, look, huge transition in the state of Alabama. Okay, huge transition in college football with Nick Saban being gone. Uh, and typically, when uh, a coach of that caliber leaves, it sort of creates a vacuum, and somebody's got to step in and fill that vacuum. And for whatever reason, 
Alabama's uh, Kalen DeBoer did not really go out and hire um, what I feel like is a guy that can get, really go in and and, and or or really pick up the slack uh, in the state of Alabama. You you had your guy, your Freddie Roach, uh, that is pretty much it, I guess. Unless you think that um, the the guy from South Alabama, I can't even remember his name. Uh, the, the head coach from South Alabama that's coming in as your uh, defensive coordinator, unless you think those are going to be your guys, everybody else is basically from elsewhere. They're going to have to come in, and, and somebody's going to have to point them in the direction of Thompson High School, point in the direction of Viger and Mobile and Sarah Land. It ain't going to be that – it's not like it's going to be that difficult to find them, but as far as creating and fostering those relationships, there's, there is a vacuum there. And for Auburn to hire Char and, and Hugh Freeze to hire Charles Kelly, who's there is no high school in the state of Alabama that he can walk in and they the the coach the coaching staffs there won't know who he is. He is he is he knows the he knows the lunch lady, he knows the the secretary, the superintendent, he knows everybody. Okay. And to have him on staff when what I would consider this vacuum was created after Nick Saban left for him to be able to sort of jump in and and we can push and we can continue to push in, in the state of Alabama monumental hire, not only from a recruiting perspective, but just a absolute nasty coaching perspective. He's going to be your safeties coach. He's coached some of the best. I mean, he's coached at Florida State when they were in their heyday having just – first round pick after first round pick. Uh, and then he's been at Alabama the last uh, three or four years with, with all of their, you know, plethora of high level uh, NFL prospects, especially on defense. Um, I really think uh, they had a resurgence, you know, this year, uh, this past year as well uh, on defense before Saban left. And, you know, you had guys come in like Caleb Downs that, that, you know, Charles Kelly tutored that, were just unbelievable players. So he's got a lot of experience there, uh, and and he's going to step into our second secondary, hit the trail, huge for the the vacuum that was created when Saban left. Uh, I think it was a very very crucial hire, uh, number three on my list, and then number four on my list, obviously by default is Kent Austin, and that's not really saying anything negative uh, towards Kent Austin because his role is absolutely massive uh, as well because he's essentially going to be your de facto um, offensive coordinator, so to speak, from like at probably like your game planning perspective, because he was Hughes offensive coordinator at Liberty. Um, he's going to be, his title is going to be quarterbacks coach and he's incredibly widely respected uh, as a quarterbacks coach. And, and now he's going to be on the field uh, doing that. And his focus is going to be game planning quarterbacks coach, He's going to do some recruiting, but he's not really going to be leaned on to be a recruiter. He's more of a, in a developmental role, offensive coordinator, uh, assistant offensive coordinator without that title uh, type role. So him plus Nick's just free Hugh up to be able to recruit and continue to build, build, build. Um, love these four hires. Um, there's probably an argument to there's there's a good argument for, to probably have any of them as the most important hire. Uh, that's just the way I see it for right now. So um, love the hire so far. Uh, hopefully we keep on we keep Jeremy Garrett and, and we're set and we're done and, and we're already starting to game plan for spring. 
and uh, and moving forward from there. So, again, fired up about this staff. One of the most fun seeming staffs that we've had, uh, top to bottom, uh, since easily the Tuberville days. Uh, and, and honestly, maybe you could even go back to uh, some of the Pat Dye staff. So, good, good, good things happening on the plains uh, from a football perspective. Get fired up about this staff uh, moving forward. All right, before we move on to recruiting, uh, we want to give a shout out to plainscoffee.com. Uh, use coupon code BUTTON for 10% off. Um, let's throw away all this old coffee that we, uh, that we, um, that's months old, that's, that's in a, in a plastic container that's been, you know, uh, sitting on a shelf for months at a time. Uh, let's just, let's just end that. Let's just end that. Let's get our coffee. Let's order our coffee and have it freshly ground before it ships. Uh, that would be that that sound great. Well, that's what happens at Plains Coffee. So you get all your different roasts that you can get at the at the grocery store. Anything that anything that you're that you typically buy there, you can get at plainscoffee.com. And then if you don't like coffee, they have teas uh, and things like that as well. So check them out. Use coupon code button, save 10 percent off uh, and get you some good, fresh coffee. You can smell it uh, from the mailbox. Uh, it's that fresh. So uh, plainscoffee.com. All right, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and take a look. It's really, it's still really early, but it's not really er that early anymore. Recruiting is starting to pick up. You're starting to see kids commit. We haven't really had one uh, in a while. Um, I want to say, I, I would think probably the tra coaching transition and, and just the portal and things like that. High school recruiting kind of got put on a halt, uh, on you know, halted a little bit. You had the hire of Will Redmond, your new uh, GM of player personnel. So recruiting for 2025 took a little bit of a – has taken a little bit of a backseat, but I think it's a really, really about to ramp up, and it's really kind of already uh, ramped up. But you know what? When you already have eight commits in this class uh, and you're sitting at number eight in the country, you can afford to sort of – take some time to recalibrate, recalibrate your staff, recalibrate your strategy. Uh, and then once that open, once the visit period has been open where, where coaches can get on the road, kids can come visit, you can put the pedal to the metal uh, and start getting after it again. Um, the, that, that opens that, that, that visit period closes uh, again uh, this weekend. So you're going to have a dead period uh, and then it'll open back up. Uh, a little bit around spring um, when coaches can go start evaluating and go visit again. So the 2025 class so far, like I said, you're sitting at number eight uh, in the country. Your top player so far, Kendarius Reddick, number 32 in the country. Okay. And I look at the on three, um, I'm looking at the on three, uh, you know, on three rankings, number Number 32 on on three, number 74 on the composite industry average. Uh, safety from Thomasville, Georgia, blockbuster safety. You're starting to bring in all these great defensive backs, um, and he's just another one. He was one of your earlier commits, and I think people sort of forget about him, but um, he would have been one of the higher-rated uh, prospects in our last class. Um, so great to have uh, a kid like him on early. Uh, and then, then it's base. Then it's a lot of beef after that. Then it's a lot of beef, and I think this this class is going to be beef heavy, uh, hulking, super teen heavy. Uh, you've got four defensive linemen, 
uh, are already committed uh, with your headliner being um, Antonio Coleman from Sarah land number 117 overall. Uh, and then you have uh, Ja'Caleb Falk and edge uh, from Highland home. Who's got uh, a teammate uh, that Auburn's probably still going to pursue uh, who's committed to Notre Dame for now. We'll see if Auburn pushes. He's a, he's another edge uh, freaky uh, outside linebacker type player. And then you got your Jordan Crawford, who I think is probably my he's probably my favorite player in the class. Um, another big defensive lineman from Parker. Malik Autry, big time defensive lineman from Opelika. Kalen Edwards, a big time defensive lineman from Tennessee. All this beef. And then you got your big tight end, Ryan G for uh 2025, your more traditional inline tight tight end. And then you got your big offensive tackle, Spencer Dallin from uh Athens, uh, Alabama. So I think you're going to see Auburn go hard on offensive linemen. Uh, you already think about guys like Micah DeBose, like uh, um, I think it's Traverius Dyson. Uh, you got guys like uh, Dontrell Glover, uh, who is his teammate at Langston Hughes. All these high four-star guys that Auburn's sitting pretty with um, that could go at any time. I think you're going to start seeing a lot of push, push there. Um, but the guy that I think may that could maybe be the next to commit, um, I would say one guy that we really like a ton is uh, another safety product um, that I think could possibly end up being a high, you know, high four star flirt with a five star um, uh, from uh, Thompson and Quan Fagans. Again, maybe I rephrase that. Maybe not next to commit, but maybe your guy that's the hottest that you're that you're pushing the hardest for right now is Anquan Fagans, who's an he's a kid. We just again we don't get a lot of kids from Tom. We we haven't historically got a lot of kids from Thompson. You get Caleb Harris last year. If you could get Anquan Fagans this year, uh, you got their quarterback that's going to be a stud in the in the next year's class. Like. Could you start a little pipeline there? They always have good players. Uh, it'd be great to sort of build uh, build something there. Anquan Fagans uh, for sure is one uh, to watch moving forward. And there's several others. I mean, we could go, we could do this for for hours and go position by position. But get yourself familiar with the current class. Uh, they all seem pretty rock solid. Uh, there's a few guys that are taking visits, but I don't think it's anything to worry about. Uh, you're already sitting with the number eight class. You're going to only go up from here. All and it's and it's all super high caliber guys already. It's very similar. It's got a very similar start to last year's finish. You know, last year it took us a while to get heated up. Already have um, already have uh, the ball rolling this year, and they're all quality quality guys. It's not just numbers. It's super quality quality dudes um so recruiting is going to be something that's going to be fun uh every single year uh because this this uh head coach puts such a premium on high school relationships and high school recruitings hugh feels like if i can get a kid here and i can create build the culture uh to a point where um we have that relationship and we work together and we're on the same page that that's a lot more valuable than just going for a quick one and done out of the portal. Uh, you know, flipping dudes in, essentially, uh, 
you know, paying mercenaries uh, to come in. And we'll see how that strategy works out. I mean, we got a couple of case studies out there of dudes that are doing the opposite. So um, I'm, I'm anxious to see how this how this uh, whole thing plays out. Um, we're going to be in the mix for all the top guys. So uh, let's this this 2025 recruiting class, I believe, could be end up being better. I think you're talking, you know, top five ish uh, type class this year. Uh, and I think he would probably be disappointed if it wouldn't. I think he would say I did a bad job when I, if I've assembled the staff that I have uh, if uh, if we're not flirting with a top five class. So recruiting is is you know recruiting is bright. Uh, recruiting in general is going to be fun. So buckle up uh, because we're going to have uh, a blast. I feel like uh, on the recruiting trail uh, for for quite a while moving forward. So uh, last thing I want to talk about. Um, and I don't want to harp too much on this and, and sound preachy, but talk a little bit of basketball, basketball outlook. Um, you know, Auburn has a tough week last week. Uh, we talked, we, that's why I labeled this week Boog Bounce Back. Um, you go on the road, you have two quad one games, which means you're playing two teams inside the top 75 in net uh, on the road. Uh, and you lost both. Uh, you had a chance. I think in in both games to take a lead late, uh, you had a chance to win the Alabama game late, uh, and you just couldn't quite pull it out. I think you lost both by a combined less than ten points, less than ten points. So basketball is is so incredibly different uh, than football. Okay, you lose one game. Or you lose two games in a row in in football, and it sinks your season. It really does. Uh, maybe not so much now with the twelve team playoff, but in general, you usually you lay two eggs and you're done. You're done. More than likely, especially two conference games, you're completely out of the SEC championship picture. You'd be completely out of the uh, BCS picture when it was the BCS, and then the four team playoff. You're pretty much there's. I don't even know if there's ever been a a two loss team that's gotten into the four team playoff. So I get it. We're a football school, so you lose two conference games, you lose two back to back, and you lose one to Alabama. You think, okay, the 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 wheels are off. Uh, let's go ahead and, and and pack everything up, and we're and we'll be talk about next year. And then now we're questioning whether you know Bruce can win big at Auburn and, and stuff like that. And Bruce had to basically say, guys, this is this is college basketball. Like it's hard to win road games, and it is for the first time this year uh, in such a long time. There the record for top 10 teams versus non-ranked teams on the road is barely 500. Think about that. Top 10 teams in the country facing non-ranked teams on the road and they have a lo- almost barely just barely a winning record. I think it's there's 27 losses. Uh, at this point in the season, uh, it's, it's unheard of. It's, it's with the transfer portal, with with everything that's going on in college basketball. It's it's really really hard in general to to win on the road. All, I mean, look at Auburn's home record. We're like fourteen and two, uh, and we're up on, right now as I'm recording. We're up sixteen on, on Vandy uh, at home. Uh, teams shoot better at home. Teams, uh, you you got your home field advantage up eighteen. Uh, and and it's just hard to win uh, on the road. Um, 
Auburn's won two two road games this year. They're going to win more road games this year. They're going to have some good matchups. They're going to they're going to play some tough teams. Um, <clears throat> but the the thing is, all the goals that Auburn has, even after last week, uh, are still in play. All the goals are are still in play. Um, Alabama's the only team right now that only has one loss uh, in the conference. Your Tennessee's already had two losses. Kentucky's already had two losses. Alabama's not going to win out. They're going to they're going to have to play some tough. They're going to have to play some tough teams uh, on the road. They're going to have to play some tough teams at home. Um, it's a tough conference. I think teams one through five are pretty dang good. Uh, t- Tennessee can beat anybody. Kentucky can beat anybody. Alabama can beat anybody. I think Auburn can beat anybody. And right now, South Carolina can beat anybody. So that's five teams right there that are absolutely, you know, top of the – I mean, South Carolina's beating Tennessee and Kentucky. You, you know, they're tough, and we're going to have to play them, I believe. Uh, let's see. We have to play um, – so we get to play South Carolina at home. So that's going to be – you know, that's going to be – they beat. They went to Knoxville and beat um, – they beat Tennessee uh, at, at, on the road. So, I mean – they're for real. They're for real. But you do get them at home, and I think Auburn has probably the best home field, home court advantage uh, in, in the country, and definitely in the conference. So, again, there's no reason to freak out. There's no reason to panic. The only, to me, the only time you really start panicking is when Auburn can't shoot threes, <laughs> and it seems like it's always been that way. When Auburn starts struggling at home from three, when Auburn starts struggling on the road from three. Um, that's whenever you you start to kind of panic because you you there's a there's a statistic that I think no team has ever won the national championship or really gone mega deep in the national championship in in the modern era with a, with a shooting percentage below, uh, from three below like thirty five percent and Auburn is somewhere around thirty one thirty two around the two hundred mark in the country. Um, they got to get better. Some of that is some of that sort of stacked by some incredibly terrible road performances. They shoot amazing at home. Uh, just for an example, tonight Auburn is uh, nine of twenty-three so far in this game uh, from three. 30, 39 right at forty percent. If Auburn shoots 39-40 percent from three, they're not losing many games. They're just not. They're going to be because they play such good defense. We play incredible, incredible defense. If you can shoot threes and not turn it over, this team consistently under Bruce plays scrappy, scrappy defense. We hold, we've hold, held just about every team to their season low, um, uh, their season low in points. I think Alabama averages. Um, somewhere in the neighborhood of 89 to 90 points a game, and we held them to 79, uh, you know, at their place. Um, they, we just play really solid defense, and, and it, there's just not many weaknesses, even when we sub uh, on defense. So Denver, Denver Jones is having a big game tonight. I think Denver and Jalen are the keys to the season. Uh, because both of those guys can score volume, they can they they're very good three point shooters, uh, and you got to have those guys step up because Broom's going to give you his. Okay, Broom's going to give you his double digits uh, every single night, whether you whether you notice it or don't. Uh, you're just going to look up and he's going to have 15 points and eight rebounds, uh, and then you know he'll have a game where you know he scores 25 like he did um, at Alabama. So. 
again, there is the SEC is really tough. Okay. You play Vanderbilt tonight. You're looking like you're going to pull this one out. You're up by about 20 right now. You go to Ole Miss. They're tough. Okay. They're, they just beat, um, I believe they just beat Mississippi State uh, this past, you know, this past week. Um, they're only five and three uh, in the conference. Uh, yeah. They beat Mississippi State um, at home. So you got Ole Miss on the road. Um, then you come back home and you have Alabama at home, which I feel like will be favored in that game. I like, I still like the matchup with them. Um, we don't really have a good answer for um, for Sears, their point guard, but uh, defensively, he's very good. He can get to the hole, he can finish. But at home, we can shoot. At home, we can score. Um, and we're going to play defense regardless. So I like that game at home. You go to Florida, that's always tough. Then you got South Carolina, Kentucky at home. Both of those are winnable. Both of those are losable. <laughs> you go to at you go to Georgia. They're playing a lot better. You go to Tennessee, probably, you know, arguably one of the best teams in the conference. Uh, you get Mississippi State back at home. You go to Missouri, and then you get Georgia back at home. So, you know, midway through the season. Uh, if, I feel like if you were to split the last, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. If you split the last ten games, you go five and five. I'd love to go maybe maybe a six and four, seven and three in those last um, those last ten. You're going to be looking at a you know four or five seed in the tournament, and I think that's about where Bruce thought we would be uh, – thought this team would be a four or five seed. If you're a four or five seed in the tournament, anything can happen. You're going to get a great matchup uh, in the first round, and then you, uh, you know, you get to play the other four or five seed, um, which in theory should be a pretty good – I mean, a pretty good matchup for you. So uh, – and then if you, if, you, if you do any better than that, you're looking at a two or a three seed. So I think right now the projections after this past week are somewhere around a three seed. Um, I'd take it right now. I'd be fired up about a three seed. Again, we're just in such uncharted territory as as Auburn basketball fans that um, I think sometimes we we take things uh, maybe take things a little bit for granted, a little bit for granted. So the road performances were bad. The shooting was bad. But uh, as long as um, we can figure something out and get Denver Jones rolling and keep him rolling, um, we're going to be fine. You got to shoot threes. You have to be able to shoot threes. Uh, we got to get better there. And we're having a really good night from the line uh, tonight at home. Let's let's take what we've learned and sort of uh, move forward with that. Denver Jones is three of four. I don't think he needs to shoot less than six. Give him – he needs six looks uh, every night. He's the He's got the best pure jump shot, I think, on the team. I think he's got the best shot on the team, the most repeatable – the best looking shot on the team scored 19 points tonight. So far, he's got his season high. Um, no matter what happens uh, from the, for the rest of the game, um, so keep getting him involved. And then you know, Jalen's got to keep being the Jalen that he's been. Sort of his awakening the last uh, couple of weeks. He did take a. It seemed like he took a week off, but uh, got to get him back going. And he's having. Um, he's having a pretty good game tonight, too. He's got 16 points so far with about six and a half minutes left. So, um, hopefully we cruise to this win. 
Uh, cover looks like, I mean, I think the spread was somewhere around 18, and we're up by 22 right now. Um, let's see if uh, Denver almost made another one, but he hit a little, little bit deep. But still, um, good bounce back. Now let's go to Ole Miss. Let's win at Ole Miss, and then we got two home uh, – I think we come back, we got two – um, two tough home games. I'm sorry, no, we got Alabama and then turn around and go to Florida. So next week's going to be tough too. So it doesn't get any easier. It doesn't get any easier. So let's try to win these two. Hopefully we uh, win this win, – we're going to win this one. We should win this one, and then we'll win. Hopefully go and win on the road at Ole Miss, uh, and then we'll all feel better. <laughs> Hopefully we'll all feel better. Uh, but watch uh, – pace yourself with basketball. Their wheels aren't falling off yet. The wheels aren't falling off yet. So pace yourself when it comes to watching basketball. Um, and uh, all, the only thing that really matters is getting to the tournament, uh, tournament appearances, and, and then and then trying to make a run in the tournament. So, um, guys, I I can't thank y'all enough for watching. I can't thank y'all enough for for participating. All the comments uh, are are fun. Uh, we have shoot, we have a ton every single show, and and I try to you know have some sort of communication with all of you. Broom just hit another three. Um, shooting so good from three tonight. Broom, uh, I, I love communicating. I love having fun uh, in the comments. So so like, subscribe, um, and, and then hit a comment, and, and we can have a conversation. So, uh, again, thanks again. Y'all have a great weekend. Let's try to pull off this dub, keep the bug bounce back going, uh, and then we'll get back Tuesday and talk about it. And hopefully we'll have some commits or something over the weekend uh, that we can talk about as well. So, Again, appreciate it, guys. Uh, have a great weekend. War Eagle and uh, stay button.